Amen. Well, hello, everybody. How are you doing today? Good? Good. Thank you, worship band, for bringing us here and bringing us into this atmosphere of worship, the Lord Jesus. Uh, before we get into anything, there's just a few announcements I want to go over real quick. The first one is uh, no Mosaic Youth this coming Wednesday. All right? So we'll be meeting back up in uh, January 2021. I believe it's the 6th, but on the Wednesday, there is no youth today. Uh, second thing, Mosaic 101, the new membership class. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and sign up on the Mosaic Cincinnati app or the website. But that's happening on January 13th, and childcare will be provided. But go ahead and sign up for that on there. And last but not least, we have this opportunity for a, a way of worshiping God where we give in our offering and we trust them with our finances. So if you feel compelled to give and you want to do that, at the end of service, there will be ushers by the doors over here, but uh, there's also kiosks there and you can also give online. So you don't hear me breathing so much. Let me fix this. Is this better? <laughs> Am I good? <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, it's so good to see you today on the last Sunday of 2020. And man, has it been a roller coaster of a year? Am I right? Like, when I think about it, I think it's, it's like the beast from King's Island. Have you guys ever ridden that before? It's like you have, it's the longest wooden roller coaster, I believe, in the world, right? It's like four and, four and ten minutes and stuff like that. But you get so excited to get on it, like we were, it was like 2020, turn of the decade, let's go. And then you get on this ride, and then all of a sudden you want to take like an Advil at the end because you have such a headache. So that's how I describe 2020. It's just like the beast. But here we are. 2020, we made it. We're on the horizon of 2021, the last Sunday of the year. How many of you has uh, created a New Year's resolution? Have you guys do that? I'm not so much of one. Good for you all, bettering yourself for 2021. I like it. And I still hear myself breathing. Whoop. All right, this is new for me, this is new. Usually I have a little handheld mic, but they upgraded me. Now I can use my hands. Can you believe that? For those of you who don't know who I am, what, what are you saying to me? Up, right here? Am I good here? All right, my apologies, friends. My apologies. <laughs> but uh, if you, with your permission, or even without it, I would like to look at the story of Joseph for today's uh, sermon. And... It, you can find this in Genesis. It's the first book of the Bible, right? In the Old Testament, before Jesus, the creation of the world is in there and Noah's Ark and all that stuff. And then we get to this man named Joseph. And let me give you a quick summary of who Joseph is. He was the youngest of 11 brothers, right? And we all know that the youngest child in the family is the favorite. And all the older siblings in the room said, amen, right? I know with my family, I am definitely the favorite. I am the youngest. And even more so, just a little story, when I was younger and would get into trouble or would be a little mischievous, I would look at my uh, grandmother or my mom and I would say, hmm, I'm the baby. You got to love me. Right? You can get away with a lot of stuff. And you're, you're just a favorite. We all know that. But Joseph was the youngest of 11 brothers, and he was the favorite out of them. And you might have heard his story with the coat of many colors. Have you guys heard that before? Where his father made him a coat of many colors. He was stylish. And even Dolly Parton sings about it in one of her songs. 
But he had visions from God that his brothers and his family would bow down before him. And you got to think in this time, the youngest had no rights, basically. The only good thing he was good for was working in the field, right? He might have a small inheritance, but overall he had nothing. So to think about your youngest brother ruling over you infuriated the brothers and he was hated by them, absolutely hated by them. So much so that they determined that they were going to kill him, right? Because that's what we do with all the brothers that we hate. We just want to kill them. And so they ended up, they're like, you know what? We don't really want this guilty conscience. We don't want to do that. So we'll just settle for selling him off to slavery because that seems to be so much better, right? So they sold him off to slavery. And now Joseph is a slave in Egypt under a master named Potiphar. And Potiphar was the master of the guard, and Joseph started out as a little slave in there, and then he worked his way up the pipeline, right, to become overseer of Potiphar's house. So everything over his house except for his wife, all right? The only thing he can't be ruler over. And so the Bible mentions how Joseph was handsome in stature, probably had a nice beard going on, you know what I mean? That's like the style these days. I can't grow one. I just, I get it from my father's side. I can't grow anything. So he was more handsome than I was. And the wife took notice of this. And so she said, hey, Joseph, come with me. Come sleep with me. Come be with me. Right? And Joseph's like, no, 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 no. I can't do this. I can't do this to your master. He's been so good to me. I can't do this to God because I would be sinning against him. I'm not going to do this. We're not going to do this. And she's persistent, man. She's persistent. Should I just have a handheld? She's persistent. And she said, come sleep with me. At which on the final straw of which she really wanted to do this, she grabs him and then rips a piece of his clothing off. And he runs away, not sinning in this, but she has this cloak, and now she is mad. This man just denied him, and no man's going to deny her, right? So she came up with this lie, and she called in the other servants and called in her husband and said, hey, look what your servant did to me. Look what he tried to do with me. And that gets us to our verse that we're going to open up with. It's Genesis 39, 19 through 20. And it says, as soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant treated me, speaking of Joseph, his anger was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. What a verse to start out with, right? He was there in prison. And because of the sin of another person, Joseph found himself in prison. And I wonder how many of us came in today in prison? How many of us today had walked into this place in a prison? Perhaps it was the sin of another person that put you there. Perhaps it was the father who abandoned you or was abusive to you. Perhaps it was the siblings who had it out for your demise. Thank you, Ted. Throw that back there. Can you guys hear me better now? 
Yeah, now we're going to preach, am I right? But the siblings who had it out for you, right, who wouldn't let you have friends, who wouldn't let you do anything, they were controlling you, they were manipulating you, they were telling you lies about yourself, right? They were saying you were ugly, they are saying you're not worth anything, they were telling you all these. The boss in your workplace who might have too much pride and is using you in order to lift them up and pushing you down. And is shaming you, saying, you're not doing this right, you're not doing this good. And you're like, I'm trying, I'm doing my absolute best. But they're just pushing you down and lifting themselves up. Or even more so, perhaps it's the sin in your own life that's put you in this prison. The lust in your heart that distorts the view of what love is. Right? Whether it's pornography or whether it's adultery or anything like that, this lust in your heart, it gives you a completely different view of what true love is. Right? The love that we find from God, you have this manipulative view that the world is telling you this is what love is. It's okay to do this. It's okay to do that because that's what love is. But in reality, it's not what it is. And then maybe it's the pride of your own, your own ambitions. Maybe you're that boss. And you're going on this endless chase to find the next best thing, but you're realizing that's not good enough. And then you go on for the next thing, and then you realize that's not good enough. And then you keep going, and it's this endless, endless chase. Perhaps you have a pile of lies that you built your life on. And you know that the moment someone discovers that lie and sees the truth behind you, your whole life will crumble into an oblivion. I read recently in this article, uh, there was a child in North Korea, and he had stolen an apple from someone's garden. And this owner of the garden took the child, and he etched in his forehead, thief, right across his forehead, and, and branded him with acid with it. So that wherever this child goes, and for however long he grows up, everybody will know that he had stolen that apple. He has thief written across his name. And I can't help but wonder how many of us has the same thing written across our heart. The worst thing you've ever done, you have etched in your forehead. And you walk around with that shame, with that label, and you just keep walking with that. You see, there's a problem in this world, and I believe that we all see it, we all feel it, we've experienced it, things like the all-famous COVID-19. I think we've all experienced that, am I right? COVID-19, this disease that ravages the world and completely shut down the world as we know of it. Shut down the borders, shut down flights, shut down businesses, just the world went on pause. Diseases like COVID-19 or the Black Plague that happened in Europe, right? Or the Zika virus that ravaged through the plains of Africa, if you guys remember that. We have broken homes that divide families. My parents and I, we were watching a show a couple days ago, and I saw how this boy lost his mother and his brother in an instant when they were shot through a fight. Divided homes. Or the parent that leaves, that says, I can't do this anymore. You have the division that's dividing our very country that you saw in this past election. 
so divided. I asked people that were much older than me, much older than me, I said, have you ever seen an election that was like this? And they're like, no, I've never seen one like this. But you see how divisive we were. You see how much tension there was in our culture, right? There's this meaninglessness of truth or the confusion from a lack of truth, the manipulation of truth. What is truth anymore? Is it, does it even matter? And that's the question that my generation's growing up with is what is truth? We've heard of fake news. We heard that on the news, if that's true. See that paradox there? This side saying one thing, this side saying any, another thing, but what is the truth? We're afraid to tell the truth. But the thing is, is that these are only symptoms of a deeper issue. Sometimes we try to fix these symptoms, but you need to go to the root of the issue, and the issue is sin. It's when sin entered the world that all of this stuff begins to happen. The disease, the brokenness, the deaths, the, the manipulations, the confusion. It's all a symptom of sin. And God says, or Paul says in Romans 3.23, he says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So not a single person in this room is free of blame from this sin. Because all have sinned. And fallen short of the glory of God. And because we've sinned, we feel the effects of it originating from Adam and Eve, right? It just permeated the world. And we feel the effects, and everything, and even more that I listed, is all a symptom of this sin. And Joseph felt that sin from his brothers who hated him, tried to kill him, but settled for slavery. And Potiphar's wife, who decided she was going to lie because she was just a little mad at the guy. But what does sin do? Well, this is what sin does. The first thing, it brings death. Okay? Sin brings death. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. And this brings our physical death, right? Our bodies get sick, it gets weak, and they pass away. But even more so... It brings a spiritual death because what sin does is sin separates you from the source of life, which is God. Sin separates you, and your spirit cannot live if God is not there. And so this sin separates you, and you have a spiritual death. The second thing sin does, sin brings suffering. Spiritually, we search for this fix when we don't know what Christ is. We know there is something missing. There's something in you that is a little bit void, a little bit empty, and we start to try to search for the fix. Whether that's in drugs, you're trying to get that next high, and you just keep going and going and going, getting the next high, next high. But that leads to death. I had a high school friend two years ago, 19 years old. He overdosed on drugs. Sometimes we try to find it in sex. We think that sex will solve the problem. We think that this uh, closeness with somebody will fill the void in our heart that we're longing for. 
We might try to find an alcohol to drown, drown out all of our uh, problems, all of our depression. We're like, man, if I just drank, it'll be all right. Well, maybe for 20 seconds, and then you wake up with a hangover, and then it's like, why did I do that? Even sometimes you try to control things. You know, when everything's falling apart, you reach out and try to grab and control what's going on. And sometimes that's with food. You just start eating to cope with this void in your heart. You see, sin brings suffering because you are constantly searching for something to fill that void in your heart and this peace that you want, which you cannot find with the void promises of the world. The third thing does, that sin does, it brings destruction. It just brings destruction. It's a complete breakdown of who you are. It just completely begins to break you down until you don't even recognize who you are anymore. Like, I mean, look at the world. God created a perfect world. Then sin entered, and now look at it. It's just a complete breakdown, and it permeates, and it affects everything. But my friends, God knew this, and he said, but I have an answer for you. He said, I have an answer to this. I don't want to leave you here like this. I have an answer, and that answer is Jesus. That answer is Christ Jesus. He is the Savior that we need from this sin. He is the one that will fill your heart with this void that you try to search with other things. You see, he was beaten, he was suffered, and he died to pay the debt that sin charged against us. So what does Jesus bring? If sin brings death, suffering, and destruction, what does Jesus bring? Jesus brings life. See, he said, when he was talking to teachers and his disciples, he said, I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And right before that, he said, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Right? The thief, Satan, sin, comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I came. I'm here in this world. I came here so that you may have life and you may have it abundantly. Not just a resurrection, but you will have a more abundant resurrection. There's no need to chase the void promises of the world because Christ has set his very presence in us. He has set his life in us. And this void in our heart is now fulfilled with the love and the presence of Christ because he's given us life and has given us it more abundantly. The second thing that Jesus does is that he brings healing. He brings healing. Oh, man, I love this verse. Surely... He took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. 
but he was pierced for our transgressions and crushed for our iniquities or sin. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. By his wounds, we are healed. We were destroyed by sin. We were separated from God, and he gave us life, and then he heals us. He brings healing into our lives. He restores the broken heart that you might have or the broken spirit that you have, and he says, I'm going to piece it back together for you. I did this for you. I was crucified for you. I was pierced. I was beaten. I was crushed. I was punished to bring you peace, to bring you peace with God. So do you have peace with God? That's the question. Do you have peace with God? Jesus healed the blind. He healed the sick. Healed the lame and the poor in spirit, and he can heal us as well. The last thing Jesus brings, and he promises this. He says, I bring a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. See, what sin in our life destroyed and killed and suffered, Jesus says, you are a new creation. I'm forming a new creation in you. Your old is gone. Your old life is gone. That suffering that you had is gone. The shame that had, was branded across your forehead. I'm healing that from you. He said, you don't have to live with that label anymore because I'm taking that. I'm taking your shame. I'm taking your sin. And I crucified it on the cross with me. And he said, and now I'm creating in you a new creation. A heart that's no longer stone but a flesh what he says and he said he will turn the hearts of their sons back to the father and the father back to the son Jesus creates a new creation in us you see God can bring any evil any sin any wrongdoing and use it for his good Joseph, though he was wronged and imprisoned by his brothers, by Potiphar's wife, ended up becoming second in charge of all the country. And he saved that country, surrounding countries. He forgave his brothers who eventually came and, he, and saved them from starvation. Because the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord can be with you as well. See, whatever sin you may be a slave to, whatever wrongdoing you may have done, 
It doesn't have to be the final nail in your spiritual coffin. Because Jesus says, I'm taking that nail and putting it on me. So that we could get up and walk out with the life that Jesus gives us. Did you come today in prison? Did you come today branded with the shame? Jesus says, give it to me. I will forgive you. Though while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Though while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so whatever circumstances brought you here today, Right here, right now, the Lord is calling out to you. Right here, right now, Jesus is calling out to you. He says, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. Come to me who are weary with carrying your sin, and I will take it because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Are you in prison? Because Jesus breaks the chains. Jesus is the Savior that we need. Do you have peace with God? And so today as we end this, you can be sure that you have peace with God. And as we come into the new year, right, on the dawn of 2021, you can come in it with a new you. Today is the day of salvation. And the Lord is calling out to you. Jesus said, repent from your sins. Turn away. If you're going this way, turn that way. And believe in me that I am the resurrection and I am the life. And he will change your life give you life more abundantly. Bring this healing to your life and make you into a new creation. And that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Oh man, life is hard. And I'm only 22 and I'm figuring that out. But it's possible and we have this hope that we celebrated on Christmas that Jesus came in the world and Jesus is the hope of the world and with this new creation comes a new heaven and a new earth where there be no more pain no more suffering no more destruction no more sin and we can live with God amen but it all starts today do you have peace with God is your hope set in Jesus? Because he's the only way. There's no other way. It's Jesus. And so today, the worship band's going to play that Waymaker one more time. And I want to ask you, is your hope in Jesus? Because he is the Waymaker a miracle worker, and every promise he made will come true. And so, if you're here today, 
and you've never believed in Jesus as your Savior. If you're here today and you've been a Christian for some time, but you're like, Lord, I want to go into 2021 as a new creation. I want to come in and I'm rededicating my life to you, Lord. Then during this time, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm going to anyways. Do we have like a prayer team here or the elders or something? Can you come up here? Is that possible? Mama Funk, come on up here too. We'll see how many. Yep, yep, yep. Elders, board, or anybody that wants to pray with anybody. That's, that's chill with me. But my friends, Jesus says, come to the cross. Lay your sins down. And what I would love to see, whether you're a new believer, you're rededicated, or you just want encouragement and assurance, come to the front. Pray with these people. It's a symbolic nature of walking to the cross and saying, Jesus, I don't care who's looking at me because Jesus, don't be ashamed of Jesus. Why would we be ashamed of Jesus? He's the hope of the world. So who cares what other people think in your seat? Am I right? Who cares? Because it's just you and Jesus. So if you get up and walk to the front, and you give your life over, the Bible says that the angels in heaven will rejoice. They're going to have a party over one sinner who repents. Over one sinner out of seven billion people in the world. All of heaven will rejoice. And I would love us to rejoice with you because we are a family of God here. We are united. We are covered by the blood of Jesus. And we would love to see you saved by Jesus and watch him transform you as well. Let me pray us out. Jesus, thank you so much that we have a savior like you who while we were against you and while we sinned against you, that you would love us and you would die for us that you would call us friend. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you are a way maker, that you cleanse our heart from all sin, that we don't have to walk away with shame. Jesus, you take that from us. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.